Hi guys, welcome to Coffee with Carter and Carrie on Unsafe Space. If you guys don't already follow us, you can follow us at Unsafe Space on YouTube. And uh, Daily Coffee is a show where we just talk about, uh, we have some coffee and we talk about what's going on in the morning. Yeah, Hi, someone, Carter. Hey, good morning. Someone was saying we should talk about what we're drinking, but uh, I haven't gotten anything yet. I'm still having water, so that's not very exciting yet. Uh, uh, I'm having some kind of a H-E-B brand. I don't know if you guys know what H-E-B is. It's a Texas grocery store. No. H-E-B brand, um, caramel, co- I don't, it's good. <laughs> I'll just say that. Wow. So we're aficionados here. This is, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't mind the cheap stuff. Show. Well, um, <clears throat> what do you want to, what do you want to talk about today, Carrie? Uh, man, I actually was looking at a lot of different news. Um, one of the craziest is this video out of Philly. Did you see this of these little kids? Um, yes. In the Muslim school? Yeah, I just saw it. Um, actually, no, I think, no, Julie, uh, the guest that we had. Yeah. Julian Davis. I saw she had posted about it and it was getting deleted when she was posting it. Oh, and I, I posted about it, but I can't access my Twitter, my personal Twitter account anymore. Uh, so. Well, the, for those who haven't seen it, it's from these little kids doing oh, a performance we, at a mosque. We have it. Do you want me to try and play it? Yeah. I mean, if we can, I guess. It's a yeah. minute and something. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I found it from, Cernovich retweeted it, which is why I found it. So hold on here. Let's see. Those who accept humiliation, what is the point of their existence? Those who reject oppression are the ones who assert their existence. And they eliminate injustice from the land of the Arabs. Rebels, rebels, rebels. Glorious steeds call us and lead us unto paths leading to the Al-Aqsa Mosque. The blood of martyrs protects us. Paradise needs real men. The land of the Prophet Muhammad's night journey is calling us. Our Palestine must return to us. O Saladin, your men are among us. Shame will be washed away. You need force and the Quran. O free people, we must persevere no matter what happens. And with the help of the omnipotent Lord, day will follow night. Take us, O ships, until we liberate our lands. Until we reach our shores and crush the treacherous ones. Blow, O winds of paradise. Flow, O rivers of martyrs. My Islam is calling. Who is going to heed its call? Rise, O righteous ones. Our martyrs sacrificed their lives without hesitation. They attained paradise, and the scent of musk emanates from their bodies. They compete with one another to reach paradise. Will Jerusalem be their capital city, or will it be a hotbed for cowards? We will defend the land of divine guidance with our bodies, and we will sacrifice our souls without hesitation. We will chop off their heads, and we will liberate the sorrowful and exalted Al-Aqsa Mosque. We will lead the army of Allah fulfilling his promise, and we will subject them to eternal torture. So just a normal everyday children's production that was a video of a school in or sorry uh children in the philadelphia muslim society so that's in the united states um that is the like 
performance that they're giving. So uh, talking about chopping off the infidels' heads, um, torturing them for eternity, and... Mm-hmm. And mar- mar- blood of martyrs, all that fun blood stuff. Blood of martyrs, yeah. So uh, hmm. what's interesting to me about this is not just the video. What's interesting to me is about is the media blackout. The fact that the media is blacking it out. So the media is not talking about it. Well, first of all, Facebook may or may not be deleting it. I I saw a friend saying it was deleted, Um, but the the media is not talking about it. Compare their coverage of this, which is almost nil, to their coverage of the Covington kids manufactured. Right, right. Yeah, this is non-existent. They're not talking about it. Um, It it again, I think it illustrates exactly what their motives are and what their narrative is. And when you look at the things that they highlight and they blow up into huge stories and the things that they don't. I was arguing with someone yesterday about the coming to kids thing and he, oh gosh, I shouldn't even bring this up. This guy is so just in the completely brainwashed part of the left that anyway, he was, he was saying the whole reason the Covington thing became a story was because of the MAGA hat. And it's like, no dude, the reason it became a story, you're halfway there, is because of the media's toxicity and bias towards anyone in the in the MAGA hat. <laughs> like right. the MAGA hat itself is not to blame for that story. It's the way that the media spins stuff with the MAGA hat. Like yeah. so, um, this this I think is interesting for this. It's fascinating how the media is ignoring it. Yeah, I mean, this we've talked about this a little bit before, um, and you know, I, the, the thing that's bothersome to me here is. I don't think you, either one of us doesn't want foreign people coming to the U.S. Generally, like we're not xenophobic. Um, I welcome people coming Speak to the for U.S. for yourself, Carter. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm I'm married to a non-U.S. citizen. <laughs> um, You'd be doing it poorly. <laughs> yeah, I'd be doing a bad job. But um, you know, the there is an expectation that they're uh, not here to fight the United States and that there's some attempt of assimilation, right? Like my wife moved here, not for me, but because she likes the United States better than China. Um, And so part of her reason for being here is intentional assimilation, right? Um, Not everything, obviously, but, you know, there's lots of cultural things she's keeping and intending on keeping, but core values wise, she's more American than she is communist Chinese, right? And that's the kind of immigration that we want. We want people from other countries who look at America and go, oh, yeah, uh, I like this this free society thing experiment going on over here. That's better. I'm going to go do that. We don't want people coming in who are like, I would like to go destroy that free society thing over there. And so I'm going to infiltrate. And that's what it feels like to a lot of Americans. And I'm not saying um, I know the intentions of obviously of everyone coming over or yeah, I'm not even really offering a solution for this necessarily, although we can talk about that later. Um, what I am saying is this is why it's not racism that, that scares people about immigration from M- Muslim countries. It's, it's this, it's that uh, the, the immigration is, some of it is not because they value Western culture and the U S but because they are wanting to infiltrate and take over and destroy it. And destroy and, it. And this is, this is a very clear piece of evidence that that does happen. How much? I don't know. I mean, that's something to argue about, but it does happen. Um, and, th- and this is the kind of thing that freaks people out. And then when the media buries it, people assume that maybe this is like, for example, maybe this is very rare. This is like 
the only time this has ever happened ever. And I mean, it's, that's not true, but let's just, just assume that it's very, yeah. very, never happens. Well, the media burying it makes it burying. It makes people figure that like, Oh, you're trying to cover something up. Right. Exactly. Now everyone's going to assume this is normal. Exactly. It's probably not normal. It's the same thing when they, when they don't have the conversations they should be having, when they don't address stuff they should be addressing. And then the only people who are having those conversations or addressing it are people on the extremes. And you wonder why people are moving to the extremes. Well, because the mainstream is ignoring the problem or right. won't it, talk it about it or, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's disturbing. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely disturbing. Um, so. Also, well, oh, so there's one thing you pointed out about, about wanting a destruction of the West or Western civilization that that's the answer there for, I know it's very confusing why my, my former ideology, the SJW ideology, this identitarian Marxism, why it is bedfellows with radical uh, Islam or Islamism. That's the reason it's shared goals. It's yeah, a destruction. It's a, enemy. it's a common enemy. It's a destruction of Western civilization. Right. So social justice people will tell you, they will sell their ideology as being all roses and equality and, you know, ending racism and sexism and homophobia. It's not about any of those things. It's actually pushing sexism and racism. Um, but, the, but the actual end goals, when you start looking at what the belief system is and what the logical conclusions of this belief system are, it's destruction of Western values. And right. that same, you know, that's why you said strange bedfellows, but they have a common enemy. You know, uh, I, I, it, I just, this thought occurred to me and maybe you can uh, tell me if I'm true or not. It's a theory uh, about the social justice community. I imagine there are those people in the social justice community who do want racism. Those are the people who, who, who think that they'll be in uh, the, one of the protected dominant classes and they, they kind of want that and they're pushing for it. But I think, I think there's, and maybe there's some people who think, they're, they want the racism and they're pushing for it, even though they're not going to be in one of the dominant classes because they feel guilty or whatever. But I think there may also just be people in the social justice movement who um, the, the, the racism isn't really the goal. That's just to sow discord. They just want destruction of the West. And so they don't expect this racism to go on forever. Right? Remember you used to ask the question of like, well, how do we know when prejudice is bad? Right. You, you, there's, you say, well, well, they redefined racism as prejudice mm -hmm. plus power. And you're like, well, isn't prejudice bad? And how do we know when we can stop being prejudiced to people? I think the answer for them is, well, we can stop being prejudiced to people when we don't need to agitate Western civilization anymore because we've destroyed it. And, and once we have Marxism, some version thereof, then we can stop with the prejudice because uh, we will have wiped out the Western, uh, Western civilization in the way that we want. So my, I guess what I'm saying is like, I think there's ideologues who just want uh, Marxism and they use the racism as an agitation and um, to create disarray in the West. And then there's, there's ones who like are all in on the racism because they- There's probably like both. Yeah. I, I would say the ones who want, um, I mean, what is it that they want when they want Marxism? Uh well, that's a good point. They really just want the destruction of the West because they don't. No one really wants Marxism, although they might think they want Marxism. It's like a nihilist thing. Everything is bad. The U.S. is bad. Everything's evil. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess you're right. They're even the ones that want Marxism. Very few of them actually have a Marxist utopia in mind. Um, they just want to 
you know, smash Starbucks window metaphor. Mm. Um, Interesting. I don't know. I just, I wanted to have that. Uh, Yeah. I I mean, I think it's all, I think it's all matter of people who are in it. There are the people in the churches who are really being won over now because they believe this is about ending sexism and racism. I mean, well-intentioned people, but then there's the people who are in it for power who know what it is and are happy to be in the, the quote marginalized groups that give it, that allow them to have more power within the movement. But yeah. Um, uh, I have another news item that kind of ties into the media thing. Yeah, sure. I don't know if you saw, but (laughs) there's this article that came out. The headline is great. (laughs) It's a conservative site. So the headline's great. The headline is you are now more likely to know a prostitute than a primetime CNN viewer. (laughs) What? Yes, they just did the numbers, kind of like when you did that great piece you did on uh, how the new media people like Tim Pool and people Dave Rubin are getting more viewers than CNN or whatever. Um, it basically said it, the chances are higher that you know someone who's a prostitute than that you know someone who watches CNN. Oh my God, that's awful. <laughs> Is that real? It's real. Well, they just broke down the numbers. And then they said, uh, but this is furthermore because of their dissipating fan base across all cable networks, CNN now ranks 15th. Behind Home and Garden TV, which is fourth, the Hallmark Channel, which is ninth, and the Food Network, which is 14th. The network has lost 26% of its total audience since April of 2018. Oh my I mean, God, yeah. To me, this is like, okay, your propaganda uh, tactic is failing. This isn't popular. <laughs> you know? it, this town hall article, you're now more likely to know a prostitute. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> That is awesome. So I, I used to be a, a committed CNN viewer, right? Like I was a committed CNN viewer. And there are an estimated 1 million prostitutes currently in the United States, meaning there are 240,000 more people out there whose profession is known as the politically correct sex worker. And <laughs> our folks turning and tuning into CNN each evening for their news. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> I just thought I should have funny. counted the number of prostitutes when I was, uh, <laughs> I didn't think of it. You didn't write, use the right uh, units of measurement in your. Graphs. I did not. I, I chose the wrong units of measurement. I will say, uh, <laughs> just as a message out there, um, I think prostitutes uh, might have the moral high ground here. <laughs> I think they might. So. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so that was kind of funny. What else was I gonna? Oh, this other thing I saw. You may have seen this or may it was. The New York Times, again, talking about the media, they've lost all credibility. I, I used the New York Times now. I mean, I think that when they hired Sarah Zhang, who's who, is that how you say her name? The woman with all the racist tweets. J-E-O-N-G or something like that. Yeah, yeah, J-E-O-N-G. That was just the ultimate, okay, you're hiring a racist, anti-white, anti-male uh, SJW from Twitter. It's like hiring the girl from your women's studies class. Do you know what I mean? It's you're hiring this person to be a journalist, you know, who it's like a Tumblr blogger. Studies. I just want to, huh? I, I was a minor. I, I did minor in women's studies. A minor. Okay, sorry. I know a ton of women like that. Oh my, it's anyway, they hired her and that was just probably the last straw for me in terms of t- taking anything they say seriously. But, um, but so take this with a grain of salt cause it's in the New York times. It's an opinion piece and it's about what good dads get away with. And it's a really boring piece. I hear this argument all the time, but it's basically about how um, 
women are still getting the short end of the stick in the house households because men aren't doing an exact 50% of domestic work. And, mm-hmm. and, and they're like, and this isn't about uh, the conservative men because conservative men and conservative wives who agree with them, they, they do a division of domestic, you know, they, they have a gendered division of uh, responsibilities in the household. She's like, this is a problem with progressive men because they say they want equality, but they're still doing 40% or 35% of domestic where women are doing like 65%. And that's not right. And the whole thing is about how, um, yeah, about they interview a couple of husbands and wives, all progressives, right? And um, they give some reasons why this is. But of course, you know, come on, you know what it yeah, comes low down testosterone. to. testosterone is the reason they have no energy. Low Sorry, testosterone, <laughs> true. But you know, it comes down to them. It's the same old, same old. Sexism, the patriarchy. Yeah. In fact, she even says at one point, um, division of labor in the home is one of the most important gender equity issues of our time. Is wow. it? I don't think it is. Yeah. I don't think it is. Now do family courts. Now do family courts, right? <laughs> now do Title IX kangaroo courts on college yeah. campuses. Uh, um, but yeah, that's, uh, I mean. I have ideas as to why, I feminist. have a lot of ideas about this. Huh? Oh, you want to give your ideas first? Well, yeah. I mean, kind of. No, my no, views have no, been tell me your ideas. in yeah. the past year or two. So I used, I would totally have been one of these people. It's like, it's not right. It's not fair until the man's doing exact 50%. I don't believe that anymore. I now believe we've kind of talked about this, like the episode we had with your friend who has become a homesteader. Is she a homesteader when I say that? Yeah. <laughs> so that conversation we had with her though, the three of us, we were talking about how, and I think you were the first person who put this so succinctly to me, is that when women entered the workforce on mass, right? then you're doubling the workforce. So of course the wages are reduced. Yep. And so I'm not saying women shouldn't be able to work. Of course they should be. It's just, do we never look at the repercussions of things or the consequences of things and and then evaluate them based on the consequences? Because we are still pushing this idea that the, the highest thing a woman could strive for is career. And if she can make something, make space there for kids in like a home life too, that's great. But then if she does, it's like both parents are having to work to bring home the same amount of money that one parent used to be able to do, whether that parent was a man or a woman. I don't care who it is. The point is, I think it'd be better if you had one person at home most of the time and one person working. Yeah. And that's a very conservative position. I never thought I would be holding a position like that. But the women- it's just that you just specialization is all it is. One person specializes in the work outside the home and one person specializes in the work inside the home. That's how free. That's why we have so much stuff. Cause when you allow people to specialize, they get more productive and eventually iPhones evolve from that market. Right. Like, and also there's less conflict because see now it's like, you've got, you've got both parents trying to do everything. Right. Like bring home the paycheck and do all the domestic stuff. And you're both running yourselves ragged. And, and also there's no uh, obvious uh, delineation for like who's in charge of what. And so everything's a power struggle with your partner. Whereas I think it's like, if, you, if you're just like, hey, this is what I am leading on and this is what I'm leading on, then it's like less of a uh, constant power struggle, you know? Right. And, and they, they, this whole article talks about how resentful the wives are. So much resentment toward their husband. 
<laughs> for something that I think is unrealistic expectations anyway. And yeah, well, they did marry a feminist, so. <laughs> hey. Expect. <laughs> I don't know. You, hey, I want to hear out, your thoughts on it. Out, you're you're actually out fucking married. the guy that they call a misogynist. Don't worry, Carrie. There. <laughs> on the side. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> um, wait. I want to hear your thoughts on this though, because you're 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 married. You have a kid. Tell me what your thoughts are. Oh, well, I mean, I wasn't actually going to explain this. I was just going to point out that if you think women have agency. Um, then you assume that they're capable of negotiating within their own relationships and you don't make this an issue. Like, okay, so so you've negotiated to do 60% of the housework and 40% with your husband? Like, I assume that you're a strong individual capable of having a negotiation with your partner and that's not a crisis. I mean, you know, it might be, who knows, maybe the 40% is stuff she really doesn't want to do. And so <laughs> the guy's like, yeah, you know what? I'll take out the garbage. You really hate that, but it takes less time than washing the dishes and that's the division of labor. And there you go. Um, it may also just be, uh, you know, I think, I think it's particularly tough for women who, uh, adopt the mindset that you're talking about where the career is, um, the end all be all the career is the most important thing and this may be tough for some guys as well. And I'm speaking in generalities. Some women are, are fine with this. Um, but, you know, in general, I think when you have kids, um, first of all, even before you have kids, your maternal kind of instinct, your biological clock starts ticking, right? You have kids. Um, I think in many cases, they're probably pulling against a, an innate desire to actually be doing more nesting and taking care of the home and they're forcing themselves to not do that because they want to be viewed as strong women out uh with a career so it may also just be like not caring like look i'm a guy uh i don't complain when there's like well sometimes i do when my daughter leaves clothes around on the floor but mostly i don't complain about crap that really bothers my wife um and we both work right but she's like you know she uh she's much more upset about household things than I would be, right? Like she, oh, this is dirty. It needs to be cleaned or like, this is a mess, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, eh, right? So who ends up doing that work? Like the person annoyed by it, right? <laughs> right? They like, make that point in this piece too. And I'm oh, like, they do. you guys are answering your own question, which is that some of these women, not always, again, whenever people speak in generalities or averages, I think there's all, there are always some people listening who are like, but what about me? I'm the outlier. Oh, well, yeah, this is, we're talking about average. Right. Yeah, it's um, so stupid. There's a tall Chinese person. I'm like, yes, there is. <laughs> yeah, there shut is. up. <laughs> <laughs> but on average, <laughs> on average, um, I think some women have a lower disgust. That's actually not true. I don't know. I don't know. Because I know a lot of gross women. <laughs> let no, I, so this has been my experience. Again, no expert. But my experience has been um, women when they're sing- single are just as gross, if not grosser than yeah. guys. Um, but once they have kids they tend to like suddenly ratchet up their concern for the environment. And I guess that kind of makes sense. Right. Um, but suddenly they're like the toilet's dirty and there's, you know, crap on the floor. Um, whereas when they're, I mean, some of the grossest apartments I've ever been in have been single women's apartments. <laughs> they can be pretty bad. Uh, but field. once, once they have kids, I think, and, and that makes sense. Uh, they, they start to care a lot more. Um, hmm. But what I don't want is comments saying, I know a woman who doesn't care at all. I know. Okay, that's great. Thanks. Thanks for your one instance that defies the statistic. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, these articles are just stupid. The only people reading these articles who care are uh, insecure, low testosterone men who are worried that their fish wives will beat them with a, I don't know if you don't use rolling pins anymore. I don't know what fish wives beat them with uh, cell phones. I don't It's like no one cares about this. And nasty feminists who are unattractive to any male anyway. So no one else reads this. I don't know. Who cares? Well, w- women who want to use it as, as a weapon against their husbands when, who they might be having an ongoing dispute with about stuff like this. Yeah, but, if you, but, but no man can have yeah. this used against him. Yeah. And I'm not counting feminist men. You couldn't use this against me. Yeah. I'd be like, I don't give a shit. Like, what do you do? The negotiations between us. Not, it's not a statistical. A relationship discussion is a relationship discussion. It's between two people. It's not a, you know, my wife can't cite statistics and say like, on average, women do blah, blah, blah. Therefore, our relationship needs to change. I'm like, I don't, that's not, that has nothing to do with our relationship. Just like I can't do that to her. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. So I don't think this affects anyone except for people who are trying to like, uh, I, I think it just affects uh, feminist guys and you know, angry women. Angry. I saw a really um, weird interaction this weekend. Um, this, this couple, the guy was sh- shopping. The guy was shopping, was trying stuff on. And then the wife comes in and is like, no, you don't like, no, that's not, no, you're not going to buy, no, that's not you. Come on, we're leaving. And the husband, who's like this very large man, just walks out like a child in front of everyone who's there. And so I was like, oh, who wants to live with a, yeah. what kind of man? No respect for a man like that. And, right, and, and she, she probably used to think he was fuckable, and now he's not. Right, and yeah, she doesn't, ha- she doesn't even seem to have any respect for him, because no. she he lets her treat him like a child, and then... Uh, I was thinking like who, who, what kind of man wants a woman like that? I'm like, actually that man probably, that man probably wants a woman like that. Like if there's a guy, you know, like they're probably perfectly paired. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I think actually resentment builds up as well on both sides, right? Eventually. And so, uh, you know, I, this could be a whole relationship discussion, but one thing that I, you know, happens a lot, I think is people try and, um, they have this idea of uh, giving up their sense of self when they get into a relationship. And I think that's just ultimately very destructive for the relationship. It's good to have uh, time by yourself. It's good to have boundaries. Like my wife knows I hate shopping. So our relationship is much better because I don't go. I mean, maybe when we shop for like groceries or whatever, but if she's like, Oh, I want to go out shopping, come with me. I'm like, how's that? That's not going to help our relationship. I'm going to be, I could be there but I'll be sitting there building up resentment and bored and out of my mind and it's going to ruin your shopping time. Why don't I go do something I like to do? You go shopping. We'll be actually away from each other for a while. And when we come back together, we'll appreciate each other because you had fun shopping and I went and cleaned guns or whatever the hell I wanted to do that you don't want to do. I have a different, slightly different of opinion here. Okay, go. I do believe that people should not regularly do things they don't enjoy with their partner. Just to, But I think once in a while they should. Because it's like, once in a while, you're kind of like, and but not doing it with resentment. Don't say yes to do it if you're not going to. I've done that before, and I've ruined, I've ruined an entire date because I didn't really want to go watch an award show. And then I watched the award show, and I'm like, this is the worst day of my life. 
Sure. I'm not <laughs> saying never to be with anything. me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying never do anything, but, right, but shopping with the example I picked because it's kind of an ordinary thing, right? It's not like, Oh, I really want to see this. Like, okay. No, but like once in a while, will you, will you do that? Well, yeah. So the other day, my wife really wanted to go yeah. see the Avengers. I don't watch Avengers. She wanted to go see Endgame. I went and watched Endgame. I had a good time. I ate the, you know, crappy, expensive movie theater food and watched CGI. Was it the best movie ever? I don't want to piss off our audience, but no. Uh, <laughs> like, not my thing. Uh, I felt like it was Marvel masturbating on screen for two hours or whatever. But, uh, you know, she really liked that universe and that's cool and whatever. And like, I didn't, I wasn't resentful. It was fun. I had a good time with her. Um, cool. So I don't say never do that. But there's a lot of people who feel like if they have, uh, if they don't do everything together somehow, that's like dangerous for the relationship. And I, I think you need to just be like, look, you know, we both recognize we, there's certain things that one of us likes that the other one doesn't like. And we need right. to just go, go do those things by ourselves, not dragging people around. Your husband probably didn't want to be shopping for clothes. And so he's bored and tried some shit on. And I mean, I don't know why she's a bitch and yells about him, you know. Oh, in the example I gave? I don't know what's going on. (laughs) In the example I gave? No, no, this, he wanted to buy something and she was like, you're not buying that. Yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what that was all about. Can I tell, this is a TMI horrible story, but when, so I was uh, stupidly married very, very young. And the woman that I was married to, um, she's only like two years older than me. I was literally in college. She's only, she's like two years older than me. And I looked very, very young for my age to start with. And I was young. And she was one of those people, as it turns out, like looking back, kind of a bitter person. And so that aged her prematurely. Um, and uh, I don't know why I'm telling the story, but it's just funny to me. We were, in, <laughs> we were in line at some store and I wanted to get like a candy bar, some stupid <laughs> thing, right? And I'm like, come on, we should get this. Let's get that. I want to get this. And I was just being annoying. And the cashier turns to her and says, Oh, come on and let your son get the candy bar. I was going to say, they thought you were the son. <laughs> oh my God, she was so <laughs> angry. I think it actually, it might have been the start of the downfall of our marriage. <laughs> she was so angry at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that funny. I've been mistaken for the daughter before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty, like, yeah, probably because of immaturity. Who knows? That's really funny though for the All man. Right. Okay, so we, we got to wrap this up. Um, I yeah, just want to do, for Kristen, what, somebody who wrote us an email, one of our fans, and once was like, you should introduce the dogs. Look at this oh, little yes, guy. Yes. Look at this little beast. This, this is Ollie. And Ollie is wearing a diaper. <laughs> Kristen, I loved your emails, but I'm not sure I like the direction that this... That this- <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do this every time, no. This little guy's just staying with me for a little bit, but let me tell you, this diaper is saving my house right now because this guy, he's got some problems. <laughs> so. Excellent. What a, what a way to start your Monday. <laughs> start your week. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, um, I don't know if I told you, by the way, I'm, I'm suspended from Twitter, so we'll see if that lasts. Uh, Are you joking? No. No, why? Uh, I, it was a test tweet. Um, so it was one of those moments where like, I was going to make a joke and I was searching for a joke and I came up with one and I was, and I realized it wasn't funny at all. So it wasn't worth tweeting. I was like, that's stupid. That's not, it's dark. It's not even funny. And then I was like, yeah, but I wonder if I would get banned. So 
<laughs> I did. I, I tweeted in response to a Daily Caller article. I said, uh, hey, Daily Caller, if I wrote, quote, kill yourself to support climate change, would Twitter brush it off as a bad attempt at dark humor or mistakenly interpret it as an actual call for violence and ban me? It turns out they did the second thing. Um, wow. So, uh, yeah, I'm appealing it, but we'll see. Um, There's, it's so ridiculous. So, yeah, no, I, I was just curious. I don't, I don't feel bad about it. I tried to get banned on Facebook because I, I linked to all the people they banned, including Nation of Islam. Uh, but the Facebook seems to be leaving me alone. They don't care. So far, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I saw you do that. I might do that too. I, it just, it, yeah, it just, it makes me angry. You don't tell me who I can read and who I can't. And you've suddenly made these people seem much more, like I have a lot more empathy for them now. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to go read like Alex Jones, but now I'm like, mm -mm, what does he say again? I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, screw you guys. Yeah. All right. Well. Oh, 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 one last thing. What? Now that we're, oh. you're making me mad. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I love when you're mad. Oh. This, I am so sick of the people who are, who love coming out of the woodwork. It's within a private company's right to discriminate against whoever they want to care. Yes, we, we get that. Thank right. you. No one's arguing they should be regulated. Duh. In fact, I'm arguing against regulation for them. Duh. I just think they suck. I'm allowed right. to say that. And we're allowed to say it sucks and it right. is wrong. And, it, and we're, allow, we're allowed to say people should be pushing against this because it's wrong and it's a path we don't want to go down. Quit. Yeah jumping up in the it's legal yeah it is legal sit down unless you have something well a lot of those people have no they so a lot of the left has no understanding about the distinction between legality and morality so that's part of the problem uh, um i will say the the one legal action i would support is i do think you could make an argument that these platforms uh have committed fraud because they they did tell you what they were what the platform was about draw you in take years of your labor, monetize it, and then change their terms or reinterpret stuff and suddenly kick you off. I think you have a case for fraud against them. I don't want regulation, but I do think a fraud, a fraud lawsuit could go somewhere theoretically. Um, I think Tim Pool is moving towards supporting something like regulation. I saw him, he's, Tim Pool's a liberal for those who don't know, but I saw yeah. him tweeting something about, about this. Um, no, I think he does want regulation. Yeah. yeah, fraud is a good point. Yeah, I, 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 just, I just don't think there should be regulation here. Um, the practical reason, th there's a moral reason, uh, which I don't, <laughs> I don't have to get into too much, but the practical reason is like, uh, do you really think regulation is going to work out well for you, conservatives? <laughs> like, you think that's going to go well? Zuckerberg wants regulation because what he wants is to be able to wash his hands of this problem. Once there's regulation, he can just be like, well, we followed the rules right? It doesn't be, you can't sue them. Once they're regulated, you can't get angry at them for any of this. Um, it totally wipes it off of Zuckerberg's table to have to deal with any of this once yeah. it's regulated. Because then That's he just has point. like, oh yeah, we hired some people and you know, it's a, it's a discussion between Zuck and, regu and regulators rather than a discussion between Facebook and its users. Yeah. Right. And he doesn't want the discussion between Facebook and its users because that's a hard discussion to have. Regulators? Hell, you can bribe regulators, hire a couple lawyers, you're safe. Doesn't matter. And it's no longer a problem with the public. Yeah. So he, he told, and, and by the way, it prevents uh, Mines and Gab and any potential competitor from uh, rising up. Or it makes it a lot harder because they've got to hire lawyers, and lobbyists, and all that stuff, which is an expense that startups don't have.
So our startups can't afford, I mean, so That's a great point. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it another day. This is a long one, but it's Monday. Yeah. So Mondays, maybe we can be longer. I don't know. Happy right. Monday guys. Happy, yeah. Happy Monday. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Um, thank you for your new hat. Carrie, can you wear a different hat every day of the week? I've got a few that pretty fancy though. Uh, we'll see. I'm down with fancy. Fancy. Okay. We'll do like fancy Tuesdays or something. <laughs> so tomorrow. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day. Uh, please follow us at uh, Unsafe Space on YouTube.